Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Uh, wherever you are in the world, welcome back to Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Perry, a.k.a. Cut Corners. It's great to be here. Uh, shout out to everyone who's tuned in right now. We've got DJ Quartz, we've got NJ2AK, we've got Hope1200, we've got Viswar, John Robinson Music. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and thanks to everyone who tunes in and listens on uh, whatever app you chose to use for uh, podcasts, whether it's podcasts, whatever. <laughs> you know, we're on them all. We're on, we're on YouTube too. But um, great to be here. Great to be back. I'm in Canada now. Um, and today on Unscripted, we have an absolute legend joining us. Two times DMC US champion. Multiple titles under the belt. Um, a lovely person. Incredible DJ. Bronx's very own DJ Pearly. Please welcome DJ Pearly to the show. Let's go. <laughs> what up, DJ Pearly? Thank you, thank you. Oh, individual, individual, individual. Thank you. <laughs> Great to see you. What's up, Matt? Thank you so much for being our guest. Oh no, thank you for having me be a part of this amazing series. It's an absolute honor. Oops, watch my microphone back. I'm good though. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, we have to have you on here. One of the one of the world's best DJs and fresh off a win, 2022 DMC US champion. How does it feel? Two times now, Pearly. I don't even know. You know what? There's no words to really express the amount of gratitude I have for not only having the opportunity to be a part of the battle, but to be able to express and just create some dope routines for everyone to enjoy. So it just feels more than grateful, more than thankful than anything else in the world. So I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to be here and just to be part of the whole music scene. So. Thank That's you. awesome, man. We're so grateful that you are here too, and um, yeah, congratulations. It's uh, it's such a huge, such a huge accomplishment, and it's so awesome. Um, and it's so awesome that you you did it all using Serato. So you know, um, <laughs> let's go team. Um, but Serato <laughs> gang for life. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, how did you find the World Finals this year, though? You you just you just came back, right? Yes. So actually, um, the World Finals are virtual. That's right. So that's pretty cool. Um. I really do miss traveling. I miss, you know, the, the best part about battling is not just being on stage. It's just meeting people and just connecting and hearing that people enjoy what you do. And to me, that's like the best type of compliment I could get from either a battle or just doing a DJ mix at an event or stuff like that. So it's just the best part is just connecting with people and sharing the same love that we all have for music and just like continue to stay inspired to just do dope-ish. I'm censoring myself. I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we have most guests on here will be uh, a little bit free and, and easy with the swear words, so uh, feel free if if. Uh, well, go Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. Warning to anyone who's tuned in: if you're offended by swear words, uh, occasionally they do pop up, so please uh, mind your ears. But um, yeah. We so, don't have the censor. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We, these are unedited, uh, raw, and uncut. Pure raw. It's it's unscripted. Ah. Exactly. There you go. All right, that's it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we are live. So if you do have questions and you're in the chat and you do want us to answer, uh, ask, ask Pearly any questions, we're happy to do that towards the end. Um, and I will favor them, favorite them throughout. Um, now, in your 2017, 2017 routine, um, you set it off with Missy Elliott, Socket to Me, the k yeah. remix. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. That routine is one of my favorite routines of yours. And... Um, this, the no track way. selection through that routine was just like 10 out of 10 used uh, Bad, oh. Bad, Not Good. So many great songs. Missy is personally one of my favorite all-time artists. Um, so I wanted to, and you too, 
Yes, I think. Well, you know what it is because I'm I'm the generation that grew up with MTV when MTV had music videos before the whole reality craziness happened. And the most exciting thing about catching a Missy Elliott video was actually catching it the whole thing because it was just so artful and, and oh, entertaining and so full of surprises. And she had like little indu- innuendos of like paying homage to classic hip and such. So that was just like, ah, oh, no way she did that. Oh, she's got the classic boom ups. Oh, she's got the dookie chain or the, you know, the big hoop earrings, you know? So it was just like, Missy got it. That's so true actually. And I always loved that she always put it on for the DJs. Like DJs always used, her, you know, DJs have always used Missy songs for routine, some classic ones, but also, and yours included, of course. But uh, she, yeah, like you said, like a lot of her songs always celebrated the DJ. Is there any favorite Missy songs? Obviously, uh, Sock It To Me, but are there other songs that really stand out to you? Oh my God. I love um, Get Your Freak On. That's a classic. I think everyone loves that. And um, I, can't, I can't because all of her, her discography is just amazing. It's just so good. It's like every video is different and then every video has a different story to tell. And it's so many different things to celebrate within what she's performing and creating and sharing with the world. It's just so, she's a genius, put it this way. Missy's a genius. Yeah, I, I totally agree. In fact, um, have you seen the uh, Lifetime documentary with Aaliyah by any chance? No, please tell me it's still on somewhere. I, I saw it on Hulu. I love Aaliyah. Oh, I, okay, good. I highly recommend it. Um, that's that's a free free plug for Hulu there, but highly recommend seeing it. <laughs> There's one part in that documentary where she, where they talk about Aaliyah making her second record and uh, the label not wanting to work with um, Missy Elliott and Timbaland. They were unsure about their about the the chemistry and the and the success, but Aaliyah really pushed through. And I found that a really interesting story because. Uh, you know, tr- I guess traditionally, you know, I think people don't know that much about Aaliyah and how much of an artist she was, but also how confident she was in choosing Missy and Timbaland for that sound, because their sound was definitely quite futuristic, right, at the time? Yes, definitely. I feel like those small group of geniuses, as I like to call them, were really paving the way before anyone knew that it was going to be a new transformative sound in music, because Timbo, I mean... He's crazy. He's absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like him, Pharrell, and like a lot of the other producers from that era were really groundbreaking and kind of sort of led an example and paved the way for what we're listening to now, in a way. Absolutely. So, I mean, people can agree or disagree, but Timbo is definitely like that, that producer that everyone's looking up to and be like, whoa, what would Timbo do in this beat in this moment and such? And when I first heard like, the, um, what was it? Oh, jeez. Well, it was an Aaliyah song with Timbo. It just completely blew my mind, and I was like a fan instantly. And then, unfortunately, it was the same time where she passed away. And I was just, like, so heartbroken because I was just starting to get to know her music and who she was as an artist. And then within a blink of an eye, unfortunately, she, you know, left this world, this dimension, however you want to call it. And it just makes me think, like, jeez, what would she be doing now if she was still alive? Like what kind of music, what kind of artist she would become into or the artists that she would be collaborating with, so, so to say. Yeah, absolutely gone too soon. Um, mm-hmm. Now, um, the, 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 the something that you just talked about, Timbaland with his beats. Now, um, what is it specifically like, do you think it is that makes it kind of appeal to DJs in a way? You know, what, like what kind of catches your ear and how do you choose your songs to use in a routine? 
timbo to me i feel like it's the drums that he uses and i remember how i don't know if, they, if this video is still up but when i started learning about djing i came across this video of timbo like doing a beatbox thing and he was incorporated into his music and then i started listening back to Aaliyah with um are you going to be somebody and mm. i heard him like doing that little beatbox thing and i was like wait this is kind of like him paying homage to slick rick who was doing like the human beatbox thing you know and the fat boys and all the other great beatboxers and it was kind of like all coming together how he was inspired i don't know you know who's his true influence but the, maybe the music that he was listening to kind of sort of like gravitated towards into his music and just like he made it his own and that's what i love about timbo he's always coming up with something new that i never expected to like pop out to be like that and to me it kind of inspires me to do the same way in which for routines or mixes or whatever i'm making in the moment is come up with like a foundation of like being inspired of what i was listening to before i got into creating a routine or a mix so like if i was listening to i don't know let's say um a shameless plug a track doing <laughs> like uh, the uh him and, and i'm ron van helding doing a duck sauce thing yeah i'll be like okay so they're really upbeat fun exciting so how can i incorporate that fun energy into my mixes or whatever it is and i just like zone out go into like this meditative state and just create and just let it go wow but mm -hmm. does the music kind of speak to you in that way that says okay now you should manipulate it in a certain way and that's how you kind of get your routines together yeah, so I just find things in a song that, like, attracts my ear. Mm. So if I hear, like, a shaker, I'm like, oh, that shaker's pretty interesting. I make, like, a mental note when I write it down somewhere. I'm like, this shaker is dope. And I just keep going on and on and on about it. And then when I feel like I have something, like, of, of a foundation of, like, it could be useful in a way, I just, like, pick and choose what works and what doesn't work. And then it just builds up from there. Wow. Um, now... Yeah. That's the really... sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Thank you for sharing the sauce. Just kidding. That's not the sauce. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of sauce talk today. That's for sure. Sauce, man. It's sauce. Oh, I could. Yeah, I'm definitely down with the sauce. That's uh, that's how we say it, actually. I was born in New Zealand, and we say sauce. So it's very... No way. Very I much never on... knew that. Yeah. yeah, shout out to the New Zealand cool. collective in the in the chat talking, talking sauce. Um, it's gonna now, get saucy up in here. Mm. <laughs> if you don't mind, could I? Um, I'd like to play your uh, DMC World Championship set from tw 2017. Since we've been yes. talking about it, and I'd really like everyone else to see it in case you have not seen it. So let's just go over there and check that out. It's one of my favorite routines. It's super awesome. Oh. Yo, <laughs> yo, it's so sick. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I gotta say though? I just love. The track selection, you know, like I think one of my fav my personal favorite things um, about watching ru DJ routines is like, yeah, the, the songs that they use, and you, you've got you've got it all. It's it's all there, you know. Great tracks, great execution, innovative things. How do you get to a point when you're creating your routine where you know it's done? I have no idea, to be honest, because I feel like you could just keep pushing yourself to create more and more but then you don't want to lose yourself and create like a 10 minute routine that's like oh i should have ended five minutes ago you know true yeah yeah, yeah i um i was having um i was having a chat with uh you, you mentioned the other day uh 
a track and and i was uh talking to him well about... look at that small world <laughs> <laughs> i was talking I was to picking him... up the energy man i was i'm psychic now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was talking to him like you know, as a D, as a battle DJ, you know, um, there's a, a certain self pressure, like a pressure that you put on yourself, right, to to kind of keep going. And I wonder, I wanted to know, like, yeah, how do you balance that when you've got to obviously do a performance, which not only do you have to do something that's extremely technical, but you've also got to consider that it's a performance as well. Like, how do you balance those things personally? Um, I think it's just I don't want to sound too cocky, but that's just me. That's <laughs> naturally how I am, but it. When I was a kid, I was like superly painfully shy and I was like a turtle in my shell. I just couldn't like come out of that shell only for like a certain, you know, group of people. But I guess, you know, as time went on growing up, I just grew out of it and just embraced my, my goofy side. But at the same time, I'm still serious and I will mean muggy because, you know, I'm from the Bronx. That's how we do. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, to me, when I'm watching a performance with, you know, not just DJing or, you know, performances in general, I like to be entertained. I like to feel like I'm included in whatever it is that's going on on stage. Like, I want to feel like I'm a part of it in some way, even if they just, you know, doing something and they look up for five seconds and it's like, oh, okay, cool. You're actually seeing me. Cool. You're actually making everybody in the room feel like a part of it. So I think that's like something that I always want to do is make sure that the people are enjoying it. Number one, be with, you know, with the creative side of the routine, but also that I'm aware that you're watching me, watching you, watching me, that type of consumption thing. So, yeah. I love that. I, I think that's so important. And I've, I've talked to a, a lot of people about this recently, too, because, you know, you're doing all of this performance and the way you're using vocals and words, storytelling, and it is engaging um, and it's all put together in such a way. But, you're, you know, it's not. You're not using a microphone, right? You can't really be like, "What's up, everybody? I'm here. Oh, I'm DJ Curly." No. I do not have a radio voice. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so amazing how you're able to kind of do that storytelling and do all that engagement, just using, uh, you know, the medium of turntables and a mixer and yes. and software, which is incredible. Exactly. I feel like the music is speaking for me. It's like I don't want to sound too like, oh, hippy dippy. But to me, the music is just an extension of my soul of what I want to express and what I want to share in that moment with people. Because I feel like that's what it is. It is an expression of what we feel in that moment and what we want to share our messages across without words. You know, like we have so many great artists who are putting out so many great, my God, so many great pieces of music that express emotions, feeling, thoughts, ideas, etc. that we have a hard time put together ourselves and we you know we just pick a song like here this is how i feel about you or here this is what i feel about this um, this moment in time in life or this historical moment that's happening this is a perfect song about liberation or whatever so it's definitely an extension of, of how we feel and what we want to express in that short amount of time for sure that's awesome i love to hear that i feel like that connection to music is really tra translates through the the choices of music you make as well and you know yes. it's really cool too like the way you used uh, nick bikes remix as well like you know you've you've taken a song like that like you know it's, it's kind of a rare version like it's you're digging through the crates you know what i mean you're digging and finding things that are maybe not familiar yes. to everybody too and kind of introducing it that way which is i mean that's got to be one of the biggest compliments i don't know if you've talked to nick about that but <laughs> um he's a quiet guy to be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be is. honest you know he's a man of few words you know but I think he he likes the routine. I remember tagging him in a video I posted. He was like, you know, that's 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 good enough for me. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. it's good enough. You know, if you 
that I'm cool with it. You know, I'm not expecting like just grand gesture of like, oh, this is phenomenal. I love it. Oh, this is lovely. No, like if you just, I'm cool with it. <laughs> That's gonna be the biggest a pat compliment. on the back. It's cool. <laughs> but but to, to use someone's song like that, it's gonna be a huge compliment for Nick as well. Um, but how many times? Um, I'm curious to know, like, how many times did you compete? Um, in DMC or, or battles in general until you won like your first title? Ooh. So I started battling in 2015. So my first DMC battle was the New York City Regional in 2015. And I didn't win, which was fine because that was my first time ever. And to me, that was the best learning experience of what's it like to, number one, practice like a mad lady, you know, get to the venue, get all the batter, battle jitters out, and then get on stage and everything's like this, quick, quick, quick. There's no time to waste. And, you know, you, you feel a different type of pressure on that stage for sure. I felt it. It felt like King Kong and, a, and an elephant were, like, hugging me. That's how much the pressure was, I felt. And I was like, okay, I need to feel this and understand how to channel this energy into my performance without letting the best of me get the best of me. So I didn't make it through, which was fine because I needed that that learning moment. And it taught me to practice, to be better at practicing, to be better at stage performance, to be better, just to be better as an artist in general. And the next, well, the next battle I competed in was later that year in December, which was called Freestyle Mondays. And a friend was like, hey, there's a battle I'm going to do. Bruno, I'm asking if anybody wants to join you you can totally enter. It's no big deal. It's not like a be a, a battle, you know, DMC style. It's just for fun. Have fun with it. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I need the practice. So I entered that. It was called Freestyle Mondays. It was like the most I'm serious, the most random battle I've ever entered. It was a DJ and MC battle. Shout out to Ill Spoken for doing and creating that battle. It was just so much fun. And basically, it was like Wheel of Fortune, but a wheel of randomness. So you get there to the venue. <laughs> It's, it's very true. You get there to the venue and you check in with Ill Spoken. He's like, okay, here's this flash drive. This is the music that you will need for the battle. And I'm like, what do you mean? And my friend was like, oh, you get a flash drive where you get random music and whatever the category the wheel stops on, you have to use that song for that category and create a routine out of it in that moment. I'm like, what? I wasn't prepared for that. That's and, crazy. You know, once you get past yeah once you get past that round then you can do your regular two minute routine so the really cool part was you spin a wheel well he spun a wheel ill spoken the host and um it lands on either a random beat juggle a scratch or a mashup and he had two different songs to mash up with no uh, yeah a couple songs to mash up with and you had to find a song in your library to mash up with that song so I ended up falling under the category of mashup, which I was hoping to get the scratch category, but no. But I had a, I had a mashup, I Dream of Genie" theme song with a song in my crate, and I was like, oh boy. Oh, wow. This is not going to end well. And then, you know, the crowd picks was the winner, and somehow I was selected to go to the final round. I'm like, what the hell? This is crazy. This can't be happening. What? And then it was just me and my other friend who invited me. He was in the finals, too. He had to do a beat juggle. And you, ha you wasn't allowed to use cue points whatsoever. So he snagged the, the winning round in that. And we went head to head. And we did our two-minute finals. And yeah, and then I won. <laughs> wow. That's got to be the yeah. most stressful battle I've ever heard <laughs> so, about. It was so stressful. And then like you win a belt, but you had to share it with the MC 
the winner of the MC battle after. So I was like, yeah, oh, I have to get this back. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, then from there, I won two more times, and I was like three-time champ before going back into the DMC world. So I was like, hold up, DMC first. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah. definitely got, they've, they've perfected the, the battle. Like I mean, they're kind of the blueprint, right, when you think about it. Yeah, it was yeah. Um, stressful. You know what's interesting too, like hearing you talk about um, all of the kind of the, the jitters and things like that and, and channeling that energy. And I interviewed Prince Paul pretty recently and he talked about how he went up um, to battle uh, back, in, back in the day um, before he, he was really focused on being a producer. And he talked a lot about how he kind of lost um, because he had to perform on a different setup. And I was going to ask you, you know, how does that factor in when you're performing, you know, because you'd be practicing at home a lot and then you go to a, on the big stage, not only the hundreds of people there, but it's also on different equipment, right? That is very stressful within itself because you're so used to being at home with your personal setup because you know it inside out better than anybody else. So, I mean, oh God, just thinking about it is making me stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're so used, let's say you're so used to using a, a Pioneer mixer and then all of a sudden you go to the venue, now it's a Reloop mixer. It's like, what do you do, you know? It's like, do you have the drivers for it? Do you have all the extra cords and cables that you need? And where's your Serato records? Where's this? Where's that? Like, how do you turn it on? What does this button do? You know? So yeah. it's good to know what equipment is being used if you can, if you can't find out beforehand. So you have a better idea and understanding before you know, feeling like you're going to mess up at any given second. So it's very important to know not just the equipment that you're comfortable with, but with other equipment as well. So to me, it's like we're always students. We're always learning new things. So Absolutely. Well, what what is your preferred setup, Pearly? Like what's your ideal ah, scenario? This segment of Unscripted was sponsored by Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's all right, Matt, show the, the little advert thing you got there. I don't I don't Sorry. have one. Honestly. Click it, click. No. <laughs> that was my time to drink some water, Matt. Come on. <laughs> I've got I got some sound effects. We can do uh we got the Glockenspiel. This episode hey. is sponsored by Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. But yeah, I like to use um well, I started out uh, using rain mixers when I got into DJing. So my first pair of turntables was actually uh, my dad's that my mom bought. It was Gemini TTO seven something. Oh wow! And that that was. I'm not saying anything. It was just no. Belt drive. This wasn't belt drive, and the mixer wasn't rain, but it was the Gemini mixer that came with it. So it was like, ugh, not the best in the world. Over time, the fader got really staticky, and there was nothing I could do about it. You know, WD-40 didn't work. Inverting the fader didn't work. Nothing worked. So I had to save up to get my first mixer. And I was planning to get the 57, rank 57, but that was being discontinued. Rumor. I remember that. And then they came out with the 62. And I was like, ooh, what is this? So I ended up saving up and getting the 62. And I absolutely fell in love with the faders. And how, not easy, but how amazing I could transfer my ideas within like a couple switches of whatever and such. So Rain's always been like my go-to for mixers and Technic turntables have always been my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Technics, you know, it's crazy to think about like Technics SL1200s. Um, that was what I bought my first pair. I don't know about you, but I bought my first pair in 1999 
and I still wow. have them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How about I you? I bought my first pair of Techniques at a local record shop after I started working, well, interning for a mobile DJ company. So every time I would get paid, I would like save up my money to be like, this is for turntables someday, this is for records and such. So when the day came where the local record shop had turntables, it was just sitting there. When I walked in to buy records, it was just sitting on the counter and the guy was like, oh, hey, we just got this turntable. I was like, how much? <laughs> Give me. And I bought like, you know, well, my plan was to get a lot of records, but it, my my ideal plan of records went from this much to like none. Yeah. And I walked out happily with the record and a turntable. I was like, yes, my day's complete. That's amazing. That's crazy when you think about like the that's the like a piece of equipment that lasts you for decades. You know, it's um, it's just not common. It's almost like a bad business model, right? Like <laughs> if you're gonna start a company, don't make something that lasts twenty years. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, totally. Um, now, I, I, we were talking about this before, but I wanted to know, would you recommend entering a battle for all DJs? Ah, okay. So the question is, are they willing to sacrifice their sleep schedule? <laughs> yeah. Are you. you willing to sacrifice that? And your social life? Just Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's all about people's... Um, I don't know. It all depends on what people want to do. Like, are they really able to handle the pressure, the stress, the countless hours of practicing day and night, you know, every day, basically for many hours to make sure that the routine that they do on stage is perfect. You know, you have to build this muscle memory type of um, form of memory to make sure that when you get on that stage, do you know how to perform under pressure? Do you remember your, your routines when you blank out? because of, you know, emotions or whatever. Do you know how to recover from a mistake and make mm. it seem like, oh, just kidding, it's part of routine. Oh my God, what am I gonna do? You know, you gotta have just, it's not just about practicing what you're doing with music, but practicing controlling yourself, keeping your composure. How well can you handle stress in that moment of time? And can you block out all the, the haters and the negative Nancys or trying to like persuade you from not entering a battle and such? That's what what you really need to understand is there's a lot more than just performing on stage. Yeah. I won a prize. And then off to the finals. It's more about how well can you handle yourself mm. and, the, and the other factors around it too. Yeah. That's got to take a certain type of person, right? Because yeah, I'm, I never really thought of it like that, but it's very easy to get in your head about things like that. I mean, it's, it's hard enough just if you're a beat maker to put a song online, but to stand on stage, perform, uh, and have any kind of self doubt, uh, must be just amplified a hundred thousand times. Yeah, exactly. And to me, I feel like social media kind of makes it worse in a way because now there's more people of expressing their negative opinions about something that you love to do. Wow. So like if I, yeah, so if I, if I post something or if anyone posts something and they're like using like the cue pads and someone out of nowhere goes, oh, you're pressing too many buttons. Well, first of all, I know that. And second of all, it was made for us to do that, so... Yeah. What do you want to do? You know, so it's like, hey, I'm just expressing what I want to do. I'm creating. I'm t elevating the idea I had to, you know, infinity and beyond. And you know, these companies are making things not easy, but helpful enough for us to help express our ideas faster and quicker than back in the day, where it was just a, ch a standard two-channel mixer, and you had to like figure something out with the with the feedback or something. So, you know. Yeah, totally. It's so it's really nice to hear that. I think because um, I know there's been obviously a lot of uh, polarizing opinions about things like 
you know, buttons and Q-pads, uh, shoot, sync, you know, even just Serato. Yeah. In, in oh my battles. God, sync. I remember that when that was a big topic. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it still is. I feel like, you know, a lot of these, these are very uh, polarizing, you know, things for people. In fact, I've been really enjoying, since we're in the season, we're talking the Halloween season, I've been really enjoying the <laughs> posts that people have been making about um, old hater DJ. <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> the Halloween costume. Yeah, the Halloween costume. <laughs> I've known many DJs who are exactly like that. Yeah, I mean we all know somebody. They don't somebody. need a costume. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. They don't need a costume. Just show up. <laughs> yeah. We know who you are. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Gon's actually made a really good point right here. You know, people use cell phones now. Uh, won't go back to a pager. Uh, with technology uh, evolves, we evolve. It still yes. needs to sound dope, regardless. I think that's really a really good point. Um, and I mean, beyond that, it's still like all those things that you just said, you know, you still have to stand up on stage and do something that represents you on your and your personality. And you can be judged for that. And I mean, Pearly, I, I don't don't mean to state the obvious, but I imagine that's even more, more so as a woman and in, in such a male dominated industry, too. Would that be? Oh, fair? my God. Yeah. Um, I have Oh, my journey in this DJ world has never been easy uh, when I started out just wanting to be a DJ as a kid, a lot of people doubted me because they, at the time in the mid to late 2000s, it wasn't a career that was seen successful, like a, like a traditional career role, like a doctor, lawyer, chef, whatever. And I originally wanted to be a veterinarian, but seeing how, I mean, I didn't want to tell people that their animal, their pet was sick and that oh, broke yeah. my heart. And I'm an animal lover. I just can't. You know, I, I'm a softie when it comes to animals. Um, but, you know, I just couldn't see myself doing that. And it kind of made me sad and a little depressed knowing that I have to see these sick animals. Of course, that's the, that's the goal of being a veterinarian is to treat them. Yeah. But, it's, you know, it just broke my heart. And I knew that I had something with music, but I couldn't figure it out what exactly. So um, when I started getting into DJing, I discovered it through Mark Ronson by accident from a Lily Allen record. Oh, wow. And yeah, Lily Allen, All Right Still album. Yeah, the, that's a classic. The, I think it's the last um, the last track, the Smile remix. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I love that. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a dope record. Yeah. So that was like my absolute favorite record. And I was like, who is Mark Ronson? And I, you know, researched him and I saw, oh, he's, he's a DJ producer, all these cool things. And I, I, from there, I, I followed him. AM, rest in peace, A-Track, Hubert, and Aaron LeCrate. And, you know, I was like, man, I could probably do something cool with this. I could see, like, you're an entrepreneur. You could do production, own a record label, do so many great things with music, basically. And I was like, you know what? This actually makes me think about uh, a reconsideration. So when I started telling people, hey, I'm a DJ, once I started getting into it, I started teaching myself, a lot of people were, like, kind of sort of putting me down and saying, no, you can't. Nah, I don't think so. No, it's not for girls. And I was like, um, yes, it is. Like, well, excuse me. Salt and pepper. Hello. Yes, Cinderella. Yeah. Coco Chanel. Yeah. And they're like, who's that? I'm like, mm, whatever. So as time went on, I just like ignored all of it, even though it really like kind of like brought me down because in high school, it was like the time to go to college. It was like, okay, what do you want to study? And I was like, music. And they're like, can you read music theory notes and all that? I'm like, no, but I can learn. And they're like, well, there's nothing here for you for DJing. And I was like, seriously? So it was like my fight for my goals and my dreams my whole life. 
And as the EDM world was starting to become popular and everyone wanted to be the, the DJ, you know, <laughs> per <Yep>. se, <laughs> then everybody started changing their minds like, oh, yeah, there could be a, a career path in that. And I was like, you guys are like 2000 late. I'm so already on that path. So, so yeah. So when I started getting into the battle world, a lot of guys would give me dirty looks because they saw this tiny little thing go to these battles look at me up and down and be like yeah she she don't got it like what's she doing here she don't belong here type of thing and then there i go on stage killing everybody with my skills and talent they're like oh yo that was dope and i was like 10 minutes ago you were giving me a stanky look Mm-mm. you know so it's always something that i have to like go through and witness but at this point i'm just like eh, it's standard now so Are you, yeah. do you feel like you've developed like skills just to kind of uh have developed skills that equip you with the ability to kind of like silence that kind of energy and or those kind of that noise in your head before you take to the stage yeah they could just look at me and be like oh yeah she's good <laughs> but yeah so like before i go on stage i always try to find some time to just meditate oh, and just okay. clear my mind and just calm myself because, you know, you have to somehow find your own way to eliminate all the crazy noise. Because, you know, when you go to the event, there's going to be a lot of people saying, hey, what's up? I love you, this and that, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, of course, you're going to meet, like, the people who are like, yo, this, this guy's in the bed. Are you nervous? And I'm like, mm. no, they should be nervous. Mm. Hello. Type of thing. So I just go somewhere and just, like, meditate, calm myself down and just relax and just center myself and be like, Girl, you got this. Beat some ass and don't look back. So now you you talked a bit about technology there, and I'd like to kind of like continue on that um, on that page. Uh, you know, like you've obviously won twice. Do you do you continue plan on continuing to battle? Uh, you know, next year and 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 onwards. I can't share all my secrets and thoughts, Matt. <laughs> okay, okay. Stay tuned. That's what I got to say. Stay tuned. You know? Okay. But how do you think DJ battles will will evolve, you know, with technology and just in overall? Do you know, it's a really good question because I feel like that question has been asked back in the day of like how DJ battles will evolve with the classic vinyl and two channel mixers and such. I mean, the perfect example is seeing the scratch perverts from the DMC battle, so how they used the feedback and other parts of the, I think it was Vestax? Vestax mixers? Yeah. That really, like, transformed the way how a mixer can be used for a battle or creativity. So it's definitely evolving in ways that when we have new equipment, we are able to, of course, be curious about what can it do, what can't it do. And we could just basically continue to create and have happy little accidents in ways of like, oh, I made a mistake and like, oh, that was dope. Let me do that again. So I think it's going to continue to help help us evolve in creativity and also help us evolve in ways of not worrying about if the equipment's going to fail in the middle of our sets. Mm. You know, whether not just battling, but also performing at mixes, at events, weddings, etc. Because Oh, there was a moment when I was working at a wedding, being a um, an assistant during my internship at a company, and our equipment just like flat out died for like five seconds. And oh, it's damn. like, what do you do? You know, it's a high pressure situation. What do you do? You know. Mm. And I feel like the technology now that's coming out, it's going to help us have less issues during our performances, and it's going to help us have everything run smoothly and continue to help us grow as artists. 
there's nothing wrong. Of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with using the classic old school method of two turntables, records, vinyl, you know, two channel mixer. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I would rather encourage seeing people start out that way to have a better appreciation and understanding of what is DJing, you know, because yeah. I feel point. like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that's a really good point. Um, you know, I, I, I was having a bit of a conversation with a friend the other day about this. And, you know, he, we were just talking about how the convenience of technology is kind of spoiled us a little bit, but it's always nice, especially if you still have records like, you know, I, I do. And clearly you do, too, <laughs> um, to, you know, like <laughs> to, to just pick them up or do a set on vinyl or whatever and realize like what that's like as well. And, and, the, and the, the nuance, and the difference of those things, the experience, but also to appreciate what we have now, you know, and, and the ability and the freedom and the flexibility that we have. Um, and, and you also have a record, like you just, you put out a record uh, a couple years ago, Turnstile Breaks, right? I just so happen to have it here. Hey, product placement. <laughs> yeah, now, this segment, the plug. This segment is sponsored by... This segment by... is sponsored by... Turnstile Breaks. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, tell me the concept behind Turnstile Breaks. It's dope. Buy it. No. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> This interview is going completely sideways. <laughs> we're here to talk about battling and now we're just goofing off. <laughs> so the whole concept, I don't know if people can see this. Let me just back up a bit. No, okay. Little dyslexic moment. There we go. Yeah. All right, cool. So the whole concept about this album, well, Battle Scratch Record, was that I always wanted to create something. Girl, get yourself corrected. Oh, my God. Girl, you know, I, I'm just going to look at me. Just look at me. That's it. <laughs> So the whole concept was just me. I always wanted to make a vinyl record. I always wanted to press my own record, but it just wasn't the right time and place to do it because of battling. And I just needed to just, you know, do my own research about how the whole process is like and such. But um, I just wanted to pay homage to my my roots, you know, like I already have a token ring. Oh, wow. That's so cool. You know, tell me you're from New York without saying you're from New York, you know. <laughs> How New Yorkian are you? And like, mira lo, hello. <laughs> and, you know, I grew up with the token. I'm, you know, giving my age date or whatever. Here we are. But, yeah, I grew up with the token as every girl. Just, oh, my God, just get right. There we go. You know, I just grew up using the subway token and then transferring over, pun intended, to the metro pass and the token has always been my favorite thing so i decided to just do like all battle samples new york city themed and i was so grateful to have i got it i'm getting used to it there we go girl just go girl just go down there we go so i actually shot this photo oh cool so these are actually my photos because i'm also a photographer oh and wow my friend yeah the more you know the more you girl, know outside, the more you know <laughs> So, you know, I just wanted to pay homage and I was super thankful and grateful to have my friend Griffin one out in Cali to do all the graphics and the layouts and such. And then my friend um, Essence Memories did the video with me and that was super awesome. And the crazy part, we shot the video like a month before lockdown for COVID. Oh, so wow. That was a that was a, a legit blessing right there. So, Yeah. I was like, whoa, we were about to do this in March. I was planning in my mind to do it in March, and all of a sudden, I was like, no, let's do it earlier. And I was so glad I listened to my gut. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. boy. So on the record, you said you've used, the, there's a lot of sounds that are um, relevant to the New York metro system. 
Um, yes. So did you? Rec- how did you, you? You you get those um those sounds? Did you record them? Uh, field recordings or? Yep, field recordings. Oh wow, that's so cool. It was annoying, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a little copyright <laughs> control though. That's super dope. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, don't mention. I think... Don't mention that word. <laughs> that is a naughty word, Matt. You yeah, that's true. I now. should know. I should know this. <laughs> um, will you? Will you be? Uh, do you have any plans to make Turnstile Breaks Part Two? Um, I'm planning to hopefully in the future make more records as time goes on because I really want to like hone into that skill of production and seeing your ideas come to actual physical mm. life. You know, because I feel like the days of streaming are really excellent. Yes. But there's also the fact that it's better to hold something that you make, you know, like, oh, I actually physically have it in my hands. Like, that's special. That's kind of rare now. Everything's like, you know, on a phone or whatever streaming platform. But yeah. it's, it's always something special to hold something that you made and be able to share with the world and such. Yeah, totally. Um, now, this, if we go back to the other side of the physical form, now we go back to the technology side of things. Um when we talked about, you were talking about um, how DJs, DJ battles will evolve um, and technology and, and, uh, and battles. How do you think um, the newly released stems and Serato feature, uh, feature will be used in DJ routines? Mm, now this sauce. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah this sauce. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's going to take some time for us to discover how we can incorporate it in it, to be honest, you know? Totally. Um, I think probably we're going to be using it in production obviously and helping our creative side shine even more without spending hours and shameless plug guys shameless plug without hours searching the (laughs) internet (laughs) but yeah i'm really excited to see how the serato stems is going to be used in routines and of course mixes we already know how great that's working out with mixing and on um, other great things in production but i'm just curious of like how we as artists are going to evolve in using stems in routines. Like, how are we going to make our creativity shine more than ever? You know, that's something I'm still trying to discover. But I know at some point we're all going to discover and be like, oh, yeah, we use the stem feature to make that happen. All right, we all know that. Yeah, you did the chase pattern to stems. We got it. All right, whatever. So I'm just waiting <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, was, I was thinking, like, um, as from an outside, someone who doesn't really battle um, much if at all ever, um, but taking the drums from certain tracks might be a really cool way to isolate parts or even just create an instrumental or, or something. And I know that I think uh, Bastard was talking about how you can take could take vocals and you could even like do different sounds from the uh, the ah and fresh, you know, traditional kind of sounds. That, yeah, know, so we used. don't have to continue scratching ah and fresh. <laughs> as great as they are, though. As He's right, though. He's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 But um, technology, you know, technology uh, has been resisted, like we talked about at times in DJing, but... Uh, DJing itself is a result of technological innovation. Um, you know, when you think about the turntable, even being, you know, it was a home stereo hi-fi piece of equipment, and then it got repurposed. I don't need to tell you this, you know, <laughs> everyone probably knows this, but I just think it's interesting to think about that in the context of, like, the cross-section of, you know, technology and uh, and what DJing is as, as, as a, you know, a kind of being birthed from technology, essentially, right? It's, yes. You know, do you think that do you think technology is 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 always going to be important in music in general not just djing yeah of course because if without technology we will not have the cars that we have now you know think about when henry ford made the um the the business line not the business oh my god the work line of just manufacturing mass products to get things done faster you know 
Yeah. And, you know, with technology, we just have more freedom to just do things quicker and faster without, you know, wasting time and such. But, you know, there's nothing wrong, of course, I feel like a repeating record, nothing wrong with learning the old-fashioned ways to appreciate totally. what we have now, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Like, I see more DJs, oh, thanks to social media, it's like from a thousand DJs from like 10 years ago, now it's like millions of DJs all over social media. And I just wish that they would take the time to understand the history of hip-hop, you know, the birthplace of hip-hop in the Bronx and all the other elements to really understand what is it that they're doing exactly, you know? Well, that, so, yeah. that dovetails perfectly into my next question, Pearlie, because mm. being from the Bronx, the birthplace of DJ and everything, how did growing well, up there influence you musically? It made me more of a badass. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, you know, I don't even know how to express this feeling because I've met so many people from all over the world visiting New York, and the amount of appreciation that they have for the city where uh, if it's like, you know, just hip hop fans, they're like, so like excited, like kids in the candy store to see like, yeah, I'm in the Bronx. So this is where hip hop happened. And I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, when you're in the city, you don't really, you know, pay too much mind to it. So it kind of gave me a different perspective of how, how much of a blessing it is to be from New York where it has, definitely birthed so many genres of music from doo-wop to hip-hop to um, boogaloo to salsa folk music in washington square park etc it gives you that different perspective when you see it through someone else's eyes of like hey where i'm coming from is something really special to someone else regardless if you're not really you know happy about it but you know to me i will always be so grateful and be honored to be a new yorker to be from the bronx to rep the people my people our people you know everyone in general and the Bronx has definitely influenced me music-wise because as a kid, I always be walking down the street, probably going to the park and somebody playing music. And it's not just one genre of music, it's multiple genres of music. It's mm. salsa, it's hip hop, it's funk. It's you, you go to another park and someone's having a park jam and it's strictly like classic funk soul breaks and all that stuff. And then you leave the park and someone's blasting Hot 97 hip hop in their car going by. Or you're walking down the block and you look up because someone's playing some loud salsa that you know they're cleaning or cooking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's just, it's definitely a big, big thank you to New York of just birthing so many great melting pots of genres of music and just embracing it too. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool though. Like, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not from, obviously, from New York. I'm very far, from very far away from New York. And it just always seems like growing up there must be quite magical in that way where it's, you know, it's the language, you know, hip hop is is your reality, right? It's, I guess. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you have people like me coming up and going, whoa, like, this is crazy. Like, this is the spot. Like, just going crazy about, like, little things like that must be kind of novel. Yeah, I get excited, too, because, you know, why not share the excitement with, with that person you're sharing it in the moment, you know? It's really cool. It's like you, you go to Coney Island for the first time, and you're like, oh, my God, it's Coney Island. And then the person next to you is like, who cares? It's just Coney Island. But you're just like, no, you understand. This is Coney Island. You yeah. don't understand, you know? The Warriors, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out the Warriors. You know, share the, <laughs> share the excitement. It doesn't, you know, no big deal. You know, it's, it's, life's too short to be like, yeah, who cares? You know, just enjoy, embrace it, you know? 
Yeah. Be your tourist, you know, go to Times Square and take out your phone and do the selfie stick thing and have fun with it, you know? <laughs> it's, it's funny because, yeah, if I have people visiting uh, me at where I'm living in Vancouver and they come, the, the things I want to do is show them all those sorts of things. And it kind of almost makes me appreciate it more. The things about the things that I love about my city, it makes me appreciate it more when I get to see it through the eyes of other people. Is, do you feel the same for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Because you may not see the same way as they do it. But when they share that experience with you, it's like, oh, now I understand how they see it, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It gives yeah. you much more of a better appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks massively. Shout out to Newtown Bakery. That's one of my favorite spots if you ever come to Vancouver. Definitely not the birthplace for hip-hop, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, obviously, growing up in the Bronx, you must have been surrounded by so many um, hugely influential people. Um, I'm curious to know who were some of the big influences in your decision to become a DJ uh, either locally or or outside, but definitely curious to hear about local people as well. Yeah, so I wasn't really fortunate to have people show me, you know, the whole DJ life because, you know, since I was a young girl, mm. I looked even way younger with this baby face. So they're like, you know, I'm not going to show this kid anything. So I had to, you know, teach myself everything. So I taught Damn. myself. I did. So the people that I looked up to besides my mom, my abuela, of course, was um, Gaga um, Lily, Mark, Mark Ronson, um, DJ Am, rest in peace, and of course, A-Track, Hubert, Aaron Lecrae, so on and so forth. So those were like my founding DJs of inspiration. And with Mark Ronson, he had a show on East Village Radio every Friday night called Authentic-ish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Every Friday night, I would listen to that show religiously, regardless if I had like a term paper due you know, that Monday, I will stop everything and just listen and try to figure out what he was doing, you know. And from there, by, just by listening, I learned a lot about myself, you know. Of course, like we talked about self-doubt. I had a lot of self-doubt because I wasn't sure if I was doing the right things properly. But as I started gaining confidence knowing that, yeah, I could do it. Yes, I can. And just do positive affirmations. I just got better and better. And then eventually um, just embraced my unique talent of like, yes, nothing is impossible. So those guys and of ladies, of course, were the biggest role models ever to give me encouragement without even meeting them, you know, gave me that push to keep going. That's so awesome. Yeah. That radio yeah. show, East Village Radio, uh, Authentic-ish. Yeah. Yes. That show is the best, was the best. Uh, little Dave also in here knows what we're talking about. Oh, that was my favorite ever. Uh, Blue Gems was on it. Aaron LeCrate was on it. Oh, I think Bobito was on East Village Radio. A lot of great classic New Yorkers had their own show, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah, and you know, I, I one of the things I really loved about um, Mark Ronson's DJing is that it was really uh, similar to what you were saying about the Bronx, where you have a lot of different music. It was always very open to a lot of different genres. It wasn't just hip hop or house or you know ind indie rock. It was like a, he he kind of brought a lot of different flavors and. I think I always found that really like I've I've found personally as well very inspiring and and did you ever listen to his as BBC Essential Mix by any chance? Which one? I think there was like a couple. Was yeah, there like two? <laughs> you're probably right. I'm I'm thinking of one. It was around like 2006. It was around like the Amy Winehouse, uh, Lily Allen era, um, when he did the no. the versions. I haven't it. listened to that. Okay, I gotta I gotta share that with you. Um, I'll put Drop it in the... the link in the chat. Drop the link in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I have to put it in Discord. I think um, later, but because that 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 mix is really was really inspiring for me as well. Like the way he was 
doing like blends and mashups and he'd also do crazy like tempo changes and things like this it was like very innovative uh for the time i was yes yeah highly recommend i've got to share that with you it was one of the mixes that changed my life if you will um yes do you have any mixes like that do you have any mixtapes that were life-changing oh my god um i think what really changed my whole creative spark was definitely seeing am not live of course i wish i did but um discovering him through the very little amount of youtube videos that were there at the time that blew my mind for sure because that to me, him and Mark and A-Track were the first DJs that I saw use the open format, quote-unquote mm-hmm. term, of, like, mixing multiple different types of genres in, like, a short amount of time that it was just, like, so mind-blowing at that time, you know? Really game-changer. Yeah. And and actually, finding... I forgot which video, but there was a video where AM was using Serato for the first time, and that was the first time I discovered Serato. Oh, wow. Yeah. So no. that blew my mind. I was like, wait, 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 wait. What is he doing with that record? He's not changing the record. He's not lifting the needle. What's going on? What is the sorcery? And then finding out through the comments or just Googling DJ software, no needle, whatever I, I typed. And it was Serato. And I was like, what is this? Scratch live. And I saw the video, Serato scratch live. I'm like, whoa, I need this in my life. Yeah. And that was back in like 2009. That's incredible. We've really got to, it's really great to hear that story. And we really got to give our, our credit to, uh, to DJ, Am, DJ AM for really being such a huge ambassador for the, for the product and, and really the best person to demonstrate all the things you could do. Uh, you know, wow. Yeah, yes, rest in definitely. Peace, rest in peace AM. We're eternally grateful for all the things you did. And it, it comes up almost every time all the people, Jeff, a-Track yourself it's like kind of this one person that did uh probably was yeah the, one of the most in, in, inspirational and influential people for Serato being out there so absolutely yeah just want to make sure we yeah. honor that legacy yes absolutely because that was like the best happy accident of discovering Serato through AM because it gave me this feeling of like oh i don't have to worry about messing my records up anymore yeah. you know, i don't have to worry about ruining my needles as much and such you know and with serato i knew for a fact that i could just use my records like you know build my collection have them there when i need them and then not worry about going to an event and having them get messed up because someone bumped into the table yeah and such you know and Even plus like you know the q burn right that's <laughs> oh I have so many records that are like super rare that has terrible amounts of Q-Burn. Not yeah. happy about that. <laughs> I know, right? You spend all this money on them and then they're just like destroyed with Q-Burn. Uh, destroyed. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> can't use this now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so tell me about this, uh, the Lady Gaga. Um, I know you're a huge Lady Gaga fan. What what was the <laughs> what was the moment where? <laughs> but it was if like, you don't know, <laughs> yeah. what was the moment with Lady Gaga? Well, the crazy and interesting part is that when Gaga was becoming Gaga, back in like 2008 or so, I was starting as a DJ. So we kind of sort of have like a similar timeline of being out in the open of artistry, journey, whatever you want to call it. And um, I always thought that this girl had potential to be bigger than 
anything. And I was like, oh, she has a lot of potential to be like a mega superstar. And I was like, I'll, I'll follow her career. You know, Just Dance came out with Colby O'Donis and uh, Akon. And I was like, cool. This is awesome. Poker Face comes out. I'm like, okay, she really means business. And then when I started going digging, the first record store I went to was, one of the first record stores, I should say, was in Times Square. There used to be the Virgin Megastore. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, I don't know Pete. if anybody in the chat, oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody in the chat remembers the Virgin Megastore chains of records that they had. And the cool part was um, when I was going to the Virgin Megastore, right across the street was MTV Studios where they filmed TRL. Oh, cool. Yes. So I vividly remembered looking up towards my right and I don't know, I wasn't even planning to look up that way, but it felt like someone turned my attention towards the MTV studios and there was banners of Mark Ronson and, and Daniel Merriweather and all the artists that was featured on his album version. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's right. I got to buy that album. Oh, OK. So, you know, you go to Virgin Maker Store and the, those were the first records I ever bought was Mark's version album, um, Amy Winehouse, Gaga, and um, can't remember who else, but those were, oh, and Lily Allen, oh my God. That's the so single. sick. Yeah, those were my first ever records that I bought for my collection and how I got more into music and understanding what a, a DJ does, what a producer does, you know, the different genres and styles. So when I bought Gaga's record, Just Dance, the single, there was also the fame, the album, and Poker Face. And I was like, taking everything. And then my dad was like, I'm not paying for that. And I was like, no, no, I'm just listening. I'm just going to look at it. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to look at it. No, I'm just going to look at it. And then, you know, from there, I just became a, a bigger fan. And then there was a point in my life where I was just so uninspired to continue DJing because nobody believed in me. No one knew that DJing could be a career or it could be something, you know, positive as a creative um, therapeutic thing for some, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was just like so uninspired, so down. I was getting depressed because no one believed in a woman doing something great with music. And then my dad one day surprised me with Gaga tickets to her Madison Square Garden show for the, I feel like a bad fan for forgetting the name, <laughs> for the Fame Monster Ball Tour at oh, Madison wow. Square Garden. So the stage was this way, right? Pointing that way. I was pointing this way. So I couldn't really oh, see what was yeah. going on. Because it was like, you know, one of those tickets, the last remaining tickets, because that was a hot show when it came for ticket sales. Once those tickets were on sale, it's like, good luck. That should have been a disclaimer. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so she was talking about, well, the, the whole show was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And there was a point in the show where she was covered in fake blood and there was fog everywhere. And I was like, oh, my God, she's bleeding. What's going on? <laughs> and I realized, you idiot, it's, it's fake blood. I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. And she was just lying on the floor, and she was just, like, being really dramatic and super awesome. And she was expressing her stories of how she was one of us being a fan on uh, a fan. It was either Britney or Madonna. I don't think it was Madonna. I think it was Britney. That she went to a Britney concert or something in that realm and she was sitting all the way in the top looking down hoping that she'd be there on stage as a headliner and she goes if you work hard and believe in yourself and never give up you could be just like me on this stage and then she just gets up and starts screaming i'm like whoa okay that's awesome <laughs> all right 
So she just gave like the most beautiful speech. I'm just condensing it in a short amount of time, but she just gave this long, beautiful speech about never giving up on yourself, never giving up on your dreams, your goals or whatever. And if anyone puts you down, don't listen to them. And she goes, if no one believes in you, I believe in you. And I was like, I'm going to cry. This is everything I wanted, you know? So it was just, you know, the speech that I needed to hear and it pulled a lot of heartstrings. And ever since then, she really lives up to her words for real. That's awesome. And that's like, I think we all need people like that role models to really help us kind of pursue our dreams. Right. And, and absolutely. Follow through. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you hope to aspire to be like that for somebody? <laughs> I don't know. I think people just see me too much of a goofball to say that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like she mean likes too much and I can't take her serious. I'm like, well, you know, you're right. Me neither. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, those, those routines are very inspiring. I think, um, you know, oh, thanks, the, that's what's what's so great about is, yeah, your composure, your dedication and your like, you know, your commitment to them, them it, it really it really shines through. And I'm sure that's for, you know, every, anyone who's a fan of DJing, that's going to be inspiring and motivating. Um, but, yeah, do you do you plan on do you plan on doing any teaching or any kind of uh, mentorship for anybody? Or do you have anyone currently that you're mentoring? Myself. Focus, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, not no, not really at the moment. No, it's just me. I'm just focused on doing the best that I can at this moment with um with the the DJ world and such. Maybe in the future when I'm old and gray and my teeth fall out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I don't know because the thing is about mentorship. Um, some people will love it, and then some people will not understand it. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Like some people I've learned I've done workshops and I've done which I don't mind doing workshops I don't mind being a a a showcase presenter I don't mind that I don't mind going to colleges and and being a guest speaker I don't mind it I love it you know because it's a group of people who never seen it they may not get into it but they get oh cool you could do this with DJing but there I've learned that there are people who just want to do it because of the fame yeah quote unquote you know like the whole social media number you know game and it's like no you have to understand that this is for love of music it's never for the attention it's never for you know um quick free things from companies and such because at one point you're going to develop an unhealthy ego and it's not going to be pretty so i mean i'm very picky if i'm ever going to do a mentor thing because i really want to share the knowledge that i have with people who actually appreciate and not just sit and just like not care because that to me is a waste of time you know it's like you know you and i and everybody who who got into djing who appreciate the culture the history the skills and all the pioneers that came before us really love it and they want to pass that love down and not just sit in a room and then just people are just like it's like you know i, I have great fountain of knowledge and you're just <laughs> so yeah, yeah. no it, it, I guess, yeah, I agree. It really does take a lot of uh, commitment, and often it's kind of like riding the the roller coaster or the the you know the ebbs and flows of 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 the music and how it yes. goes in your life, right? And I mean, you talked about it earlier. You know, it's kind of like you got to sacrifice certain things for it, and those often, uh, yeah, can be kind of sleep or money or <laughs> things that you yeah, need. it's um yeah yeah money's cool, you know, to pay your bills and such, but. There will be a time when people get too, I don't want to say suffocated, but too caught up in the idea of money, money, money. Mm. You know, it's, it's, and then you, you know, eventually you're going to get caught like, oh, you're just doing it for the money. You're not doing it for the passion of music. And I guess the the things that are so much more rewarding is like, uh, 
like you know for example we were uh, you were at the playlist retreat which is jazzy jeff's retreat at his house and Damn that's it. cut corners you were like a magician hey, there going we go. on with <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah but you, you know what i gotta take a minute and look go back on the stream and find that cheat sheet you surprisingly so you know accidentally posted <laughs> i'm like what the hell is he really <laughs> but but like that kind of um I guess the acknowledgement of your peers that you are, you know, a great and you're 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 included in, in something like that. I I feel like that's probably would you agree that that's something worth more than money, you know, in a lot of ways? Absolutely. Yeah, because going to retreats like that is such a rare opportunity that not ma many people can understand how valuable it is to be surrounded by people who not only have the same love for what you do, but have knowledge to share and to help others grow and also shine in their light to see that they have the potential to keep shining to keep going to keep doing great things in whatever it is that they're doing you know and to be at that playlist retreat it was oh my god you know i felt like i didn't belong there because i was surrounded by so many great people you know it it, it, would, it blew my mind like i was in the same environment as Jeff, Jazzy Jeff and his family, which I'm forever grateful for having this retreat, the welcoming, not only myself, but everybody, you know, in that, in that week, in that moment of time, because I've, I've met people who were strangers who now all of a sudden are like my friends or mm -hmm. my music family. You know, I was, I grew up as an only child and I never knew what it meant to have a brother or sister, but going to the retreat, everybody was family. And I'm like, Oh my God, these are my music brothers and sisters, you know? And just to be in the same presence as De La Soul, the Beat Junkies, A-Track, Craze, Natasha Dix, Caper, so on and so forth, just blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, I'm here with my, my music heroes, the people I've, I've listened to growing up, and here they are in front of me. And I was like, this is my opportunity to ask questions. And I just go like, it's nice seeing you. You know, you go blank because you can't believe it. And then Biz Marquis, may he rest in peace. He, he told like the most beautiful stories about almost everybody at the Playlist Retreat that blew my mind and blew everyone's mind. Like, I remember he would talk about stories about a track and he called them, he's now developed into 16 track. <laughs> <laughs> and I was there and I was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm witnessing this right now. And it was just great. And he was talking to other DJs and, and artists. He's like, yeah, don't you remember that day you were wearing a yellow shirt? And I was like, how does he remember all of this? And everyone's like, yo, I can't believe you remember that. And that was just like a beautiful experience to be with in that moment because I, you know, of course I wasn't there, but just to hear those stories made me feel included and just, you know, savor that moment completely. So the playlist retreat, I'm forever indebted in gratitude and thankfulness to be a part of it. And big ups to Jazzy Jeff and his family for doing such a great thing. So thank you, Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, thank it's... You. It's crazy um, how beautiful that was, those moments, that moment, um, you know, hopefully we're not sharing too much, but yeah, the fact that Biz was able to share those stories with us, you know, at, at that time, you know, and then to know how special it is now that he's not with us and how, what a privilege it was to have that time, uh, you know, is, is pretty yes. incredible. And, you know, for those who are listening, you know, he was really sharing about, yeah, stories about how he was involved in some, some of our favorite songs, some of the songs that you may not be aware that he was part of, you know, songs like Benita yes. Applebaum. And, uh, I mean, he was telling stories like sitting, holding court. It was really, it was really <laughs> special. It was, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. What a privilege. And, you know, honestly, I think that that's kind of like 
I guess ties into that question about mentorship because I feel like someone like Jeff and what they do with the players retreat is is such a giving thing back to the culture you know uh where he he's he's including everybody like yourself uh, you know like all the the people he loves and, and looks up to and, and and inspires and he gets inspiration from and then he's sharing all this knowledge it's a, a kind of this knowledge exchange and mentorship for the younger people and also like a refresher for the older people like this is what's cool now and it's like this massive like knowledge exchange that is um it's really ma it's really magical. I don't really know how to describe it any other way, but yes, uh, it is magical. It's so important, right? And I, to to think that at his age and all the things he's already achieved, and now he's doing this and giving back to the community uh, that he's part of is, I I mean I aspire. I'd love to. I, I think that's just the the best thing you can do with where, where he is in his career. Yes. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just taking a moment, I guess, to. Yes, anyone has a moment to share their favorite Jazzy Jeff memory, drop it in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think besides getting thrown out from uh, by uh, Uncle Phil. <laughs> Yeah. But I think <laughs> I think that's one of the things like you were talking about earlier as well uh about DJing and careers and I think that's something that we don't really talk a lot about amongst ourselves and you know what a DJ career means um and I think it's really great to have somebody like Jazzy Jeff provide almost like a a framework or, or, or mentorship on what that can be because there's really yes. nobody else, right? Like I can't think of anyone. Yeah. No, there could be all the videos uploaded on YouTube, but it won't be the exact same experience in person. You know, yeah. like you could watch hours and hours of YouTube videos of how to do something, but you can never, you know, th the point is, is that it's better to learn in person because you can ask the questions that come up on the fly. Yeah. And then you could just have a better understanding of whatever it is that you want to learn, you yeah. know, and it's it's way better than just sitting. Of course, you know, YouTube's cool, but it's always greater to be in person with someone to ask those questions that just pop up on the fly to get better feedback. If you're learning how to play guitar and my my hands, are they on the right fretboard, you know, and all that stuff. It's better to get that kind of one on one insight than, you know, virtually. No disrespect to virtual. I don't want to get canceled that way. <laughs> no, no, I think you're fine. I think you're fine. But, don't hate me. <laughs> but um, the uh, just speaking of that, I mean, when you were teaching yourself um, all these DJ routines, like, was there anybody that that was able to kind of give you that kind of hands-on and in-person experience? Or yeah, yeah. Um, I taught myself for about like five or six years, so that was really difficult. But um, I was fortunate to find out that there was scratch academy in new york city scratch dj academy and i was like yes let me go because i need to get better i want to understand what i'm doing i want to know my mistakes i want to know how i can improve my mistakes and just get better in general and i went there and it was the best experience i've ever had in my life besides playlist retreat mm. just saying <laughs> but going to scratch academy really helped me understand the love and passion that i had was real and all the people that were just saying, like, no, you can't do this, you know, putting me down and everything was actually people not understanding the potential I had. Or they were just afraid of themselves of knowing that I could probably, you know, do better than what is traditionally expected mm. as a career. So um, the mentors I had was Dirty Digits and DJ Esquire. And learning from them was beautiful, absolutely amazing. And then I went to Dubspot that used to be in Manhattan. And um, I went for a workshop, and that was cool within itself. I mean, the whole environment, going from Scratch Academy and Dubspot, 
really made me feel like I was on the right path. You know, so surrounded by great people who were very encouraging, who were the complete opposite of what I was hearing in school. The complete opposite. They're like, yeah, you could do this. Yeah, this is possible. Oh, you want to try production? Oh, here's a workshop. Check that out. Oh, you want to check out some other DJ stuff? Here's a workshop with Shifty and some other guys. You pick and decide. I'm like, what? You mean I could actually learn from these people? And it was just so beautiful. And I really, I really, really enjoyed every second of that because I knew at some point I was never going to get an opportunity like that again because, you know, everything was just like unsure and uncertain if I was going to really do well. And I'm glad I listened to my gut and continued because those people really gave me that support I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out OP, actually. Uh, big shout out to OP at Dubspot. That's where I met him. Same. Same. <laughs> That's crazy because, like, here's the crazy story. I don't know if OP's watching. Maybe not. But um, let me just check the chat. Yeah, he's not watching. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I stumbled upon a video that he was talking about MIDI mapping your mixer. And I was like, what's MIDI mapping? Like, what is that? And he was showing, like, the basic run-through of how to MIDI map a mixer. And then I go to Dubspot to sign up for a workshop for production. And there he is. I was like, I saw you on YouTube. Because <laughs> at that time, I thought anybody on YouTube was like, you know, celebrity. I was like, I saw you on YouTube. <laughs> the he power was like, of YouTube. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. OP's such a nice guy too. Like, uh, so giving of, uh, yeah, just knowledge. And yeah. he's had such a storied career. We got to get him on here, actually. We got to do an op special just on unscripted yeah. of like his career because it's crazy <laughs> well guess what man we actually have him on the other line but yeah um so well speaking of that um i do have a question for you that we ask everybody that comes on the show and i have an answer you do <laughs> you may have an answer i hope so <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the show's about um and it is the question is what does the power of music mean to you mm. You know what? I feel like the power of music can be answered in so many beautiful ways. But I feel like the power of music is, to me, about expression, connection, and love. Mm. You know? So I know this might sound kind of weird, but music is medicine. It is healing. It is so powerful. And I remember reading or seeing an interview with Cuber talking about how DJs are almost like shamans in a way how we are like the medicine people providing the medicine to the people, which is music. And I feel like music is a beautiful connection between the DJ or the producer, whoever is on stage and the audience, because we are actually talking, right? We're talking not verbally, but we're connecting spiritually with the vibrations of music, right? Yeah. So I feel like that's what the power of music is, is communication with whoever it is that you're with at the moment. It's a beautiful experience, really, you know? And the power of music can be so powerful that it, it could really change the world. Definitely. Within, without even knowing that, a song could really change how entire outlook on the world can really bring a, a powerful statement to an issue that's happening either now, tomorrow, for, or in the future and such. So, yeah. Amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, Amen, brother. It's changed a lot for me and uh, hope, hopefully the, the world, as a matter of fact, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like it definitely, I could truly say, not in a cliche, that music has changed my life, really. Because if I would have listened to all the naysayers of like giving up 
and going to the traditional route of, of being miserable in a career. I'm not dissing anybody who has a non-traditional music career. I'm just not not doing that. I'm just saying that to all the people that have like doubted me and told me, no, no, no. Well, look at me now. You know, I continue to listen to my God. I'm thankful for the people who have supported me from back then to now and even down the line in my future career and my journey and such. I'm always thankful for people for showing me gratitude. Well, not gratitude, but but um, showing me that their likes, their love, their appreciation. And this, to me, that's like the best form of payment, you know? Yeah. You know, money's cool, but to hear people how they like what I do is a beautiful thing. And I'm so forever grateful for anybody who shares likes or just interacts with my stuff. I'm just forever grateful and such. So, yeah. Well, we're forever grateful for your incredible output. We love your routines, and we're so grateful to have you on the show today. Thank you, Pearly. Yeah. Thank you, Serato. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Um, but but I do want to ask. We've got we've got a bunch of cool people in the chat. But I want to know: Is there anyone that you would like to give a shout out to? I'd like to shout out the Bodega Cat down the street. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's always guarding the Diet Pepsi. He's doing a great job. I think his name is Papo or Papito. I don't know. <laughs> they call him different things. They call him, but you know, I call him. <laughs> oh man! I just want to give a shout out to everybody, you know, tuning in today. Even if they're going to be watching this later, thank you for, for definitely checking us out or checking me out, of course. Not like that. Not like that. Just check. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everybody. You know, I really appreciate you all. And I want to also give a shout out to Gaga. You know where to find me. Yeah, Bobby, we got to get you manager. on the. Hello. We got to get the, the we got to get Pearly on the DJ, uh, Lady Gaga DJ opening <laughs> set for sure. DJ. You have no idea. Jeez. Oh, my God. Between you and me and the lamppost, Matt, and everybody in the chat, if I meet her, I will pass out. I'm not kidding. <laughs> not yeah. kidding. Like, I just saw a recent post of uh, Dom Perignon party that happened. I think it was this week or whatever. And I saw her DJing. And I was like, oh, it wasn't that me. Hang on. Dom Perignon was DJing her party? No, it was like a, a Dom Perignon. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there. So it was like some sort of Dom Perignon party celebrating something and, and it was her event or something like that and i saw her with the dj i was like damn it why couldn't that be me oh shoot. yeah <laughs> i yeah i was gonna say if she djs i'd, I'd be down to check it uh, lady gaga dj set out i will i will definitely give up my most expensive record my most valuable record to buy a ticket to see that and try to get a backstage pass I have to bring somebody with me because I, I don't want to pass out and go viral because i passed out <laughs> well, we gotta <laughs> we put it out there we gotta we gotta put it out put it out there though so we can make it happen. Um, but before we go, we do have one question from the audience. Um, All right. From Sir Grandmaster, and he had a question. Yes. Any advice for an extremely talented songwriter that can write fantastic, genuine songs daily, but is still trying to figure out a brand to go with the vision? Okay, that's one question, and then it's also okay. the second question. How do I best reach out to DJs in hopes of them playing my music? Mm. Okay, so the first question, the first part, uh, can you just like sum that up for a bit? Because there's a lot of great things to talk about. Um, so for the first part is definitely continue to be yourself and what it is that you're doing. And of course, there's going to be moments where you want to follow a trend, which is fine. But also don't forget about you. Don't forget who you are as an artist that you get so caught up in the trending and all that stuff that you forget your true flavor and passion, what it is that you're doing. 
So always stay true to yourself. And yeah, check out the trends, see what they're doing, but also take bits and pieces of inspiration from that and include it into your own style, right? So I don't know if that's a good answer to that, but the second part of how to send out your music to artists and other DJs and so on and so forth, I would say, I mean, I'm not a big fan of TikTok, but TikTok, you know, put yourself out there, basically. Yeah. Make a video, make a content video of you making the track or just, you know, something that shows this is your song, this is who you are as an artist, that shows your passion, that you love what you do, basically, you know? So, yeah, great, I hope that I hope that helps. Yeah, I think that's a great a great suggestion. My my suggestion to that, though, would be like get in touch with the heavy hitters. DJ Pearly, one of the heavy hitters, hit up enough and send them your demo. And then if you can get on the oh, on the heavy hitters uh, email list, you'll be golden. You can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> hit up enough. He has more power than I do. So Right? Shout out heavy hitters. Salute. Yeah, but definitely, I think just continue to be yourself. Continue making the things that you like and don't be afraid to evolve in creativity. You know, if you feel that you're stuck being stagnant in one style, don't be afraid to journey out into another style and such. You know, don't be afraid to listen to your favorite artists and, and do some research and see what artist has inspired them mm. and gain some inspiration from there, too. You know, it's all about learning and discovering. It's not always about, you know, the fame and, and exposure. Those are cool when it comes that way to your journey. But it's all about the dest. It's always about the journey, not the destination. So the more you know. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, thanks again, DJ Pearly. Um, and thanks to everyone who, who tuned in. We have some great people. Master Lee, DJ Gons, Dada Manzen, the psychology department, Stevie Pre, DJ Tony G, and DJ Icy Ice. Um, bam, bam, bam. Lil, Lil Dave. Um, who else we got here? DJ Quartz, Yo Cardis, DJ Marvel, the man uh, DJ Destruct was watching, The Kid. What's up, Destruct? Uh, DJ Gooey. That's a cool name. Oh, sorry, DJ yeah. Agui. I think I'm, hopefully I'm saying that right now. A new beat band. But yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in today. Uh, great to see you all. Thank you again so much, Pearly. Uh, we'll go, yes, I think thank we'll, you. I think we're going to go raid somebody. Um, I think we're going to go raid Dawn Perion if she's on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, Send have a great a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Have a great day, uh, everybody. Um, and have a great day, Pearly. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for tuning in, spending some time with us. Truly appreciate it. And please have a great time creating. Never stop being yourself. And if I've got the plug, the plug to Gaga, you know where to find me. I'm serious. Let's go. Okay. I'm serious. I can do the rah-rah. I'm just waiting for the other part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's make it happen. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yes. Serato has connections. Don't be afraid to hook me up. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do what, we'll do what we can. We'll do what we can. <laughs> I'm just messing it. Not really, but I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you again Good so night, much. Everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.